calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Buffy and Frodo were in the Hogwarts library late into the night, prepping for the final trek into Mordor. Liz, I have to stop you. Why? Because this already sounds like the greatest story of all time. World Steelers! Hi. Hi. This is World Stealers. This is a show uh-huh. where we take uh-huh. beloved kingdom yeah and we read it <laughs> we come we get through the battlements yeah yeah go yeah, inside yeah. Uh-huh. we find the treasure room Ooh, and treasure. we're like this is, this is our treasures yeah and we take that treasure we take it try and stop us you can't you can't we're in your mind <laughs> why i keep whispering It's time to pick a fan fiction. We're gonna write some new stories. We're gonna pick a fan fiction. You're welcome, Tiny Army. That was great. You can remix that and put some tight bass behind it. Yeah, maybe auto-tune that up a little. Yeah, you can do it. No, don't auto-tune it. We were perfectly in tune. Make it. (laughs) It Yes, exactly. (laughs) It's time to pick another fan fiction, you guys. It's time. It's time. We're going to pick another uh, fandom. Right. And another genre. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. This week's fan fiction is going to be very refined. Oh, oh, is it? No, pro- probably not. No, yeah. No, I just That's noticed we both slipped into a very, very dignified, proper British situation. If I if I feel as if I must hold a cup of imaginary tea. Yeah. Yes. I feel like the character we're doing right now would deny ever having read fan fiction in her life, fan but then fiction. we'd be reading just the smuttiest fan fiction she could find. Fan fiction is for plebeians unless you're talking about someone's throbbing member then I cannot resist I just love a purple veiny throbbing member (laughs) speaking of which maybe this week there'll be something something smutty will happen as one of our perhaps not it's you know sometimes things happen to us this way where we bring it up before we pick and then all of a sudden we've picked the thing Fan fiction moves in mysterious ways. It does. <laughs> uh, who's pick- You're picking the fandom this week? 
I'm picking the fandom. You're picking the fandom because I I picked Buffy. Buffy last time. Okay. All right. Here I come. Here I come. Which which pile is the this, this, pile. this pile? Okay. Excellent. Just so you know, fans, there are a few things we can pick from. There's uh, Lord of the Rings. There's Pokemon. Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. And X-Men. Ah, we're down to only Ooh. a few. Oh, we're doing Lord of the Rings. Ooh. Now I really hope it's sexy. <laughs> So too. <laughs> oh man! Otherwise, it's just gonna be a lot of descriptions of trees, just trees, trees, and hairy feet. Ugh. Oh man, Gross. I gotta watch these movies. I don't like Lord of the Rings. I know, but it's okay. I'm gonna learn to love it for you, Tiny Army, because you mean just that for you. much to me. Okay, all right. Go ahead and pick what we're gonna write. What kind of thing we're gonna write? Do it for us, Liz. Do it. Do it. Pick it. Pick it. Give me what I want. Give me what oh, I want. What it's is not it? Smut. Okay. But it is, and this might alleviate the pain of Lord of the Rings. Okay, what is it? A crossover. crossover. Yeah! Doing a crossover. Oh, man. Taking another oh, realm. Fuck. Well, you know what? Last season we did a crossover, and it was kind of hard. It was very hard. Remember, we didn't do... I didn't. was not proud of my fan fiction. No. Um, nor I. No, so... We can't let Tiny Army down this time. No. And we really, really have to, like, kill it. We avoided... I think both of us, our instinct was to avoid another like magical world with its own set of rules. But maybe we should combine. Yeah, I don't. Mean, I don't think. You know, I. I think we can do uh, what oh, we want. Oh, my brain just went to ting. Okay. What so you got? I went from Lord of the Rings. Basically, was the start of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh huh. Right. Dungeons and Dragons exist because of Lord of the Rings. Sure. And a lot of, there's a lot of crossover there. So originally, I was like, well, maybe I can do Dungeons and Dragons stuff, but that doesn't make sense because that's what it's based off of. Then I was like, wait a minute, but Stranger Things <gasps> has Dungeons and Dragons stuff in it. Uh, now I know that's weird because it'll probably take some like like universe hopping, right? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, the upside down, like. Why not? Yeah, listen, it, it, apparently universe hopping is pretty easy. You just have to go through a tree. I mean, Stranger Things, think about so. 11 yeah. in Middle Earth. Oh, that'd be so great. Like, what if she dragged one or two people with her and then was able to kind of like hop back, but she left them behind? Oh, I've built my plot already. And then they were like, we really only like women to be supporting characters. And she was like, fuck you. Yeah. 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 I like that. But I also like the idea of the kids in that knowing what Lord of the Rings is. Like, there's some weird meta shit going That's on true. there. That's mm. true. Okay, I'm gonna have fun with that. Also, okay. Hopper, the sh the sheriff. Oh, the sheriff. Yeah, he's very hot. I just wanted to share that with you. He's like, ah, uh, yeah, he's, he's so hot and like hunky, and like know. a dad way. The mean dad. Mean dad. But like, not mean dad. Single dad. Grumpy dad. Grump. Single burned dad. Yeah, but like. We'll go to bat for you. Oh. Mm. 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we just turned everything into smut for the most part. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait till we actually get to do smut. Okay, what are so you thinking? You know what I'm thinking? I could see in your face that you thought of world while I was talking about Stranger Things and I was so excited. Okay. What is it? What is it? So what is it? I also had the same thought. Because like for me, listen, I know it's fan fiction, mm -hmm. but I have a hard time with things that don't have like some element of like, realistically, how would we do this? Mm -hmm. Doctor Who. <gasps> I'm a land of TARDIS in the middle of Middle Earth. Wow. Oh, this is going to be so fun and ridiculous. So fun. Re-goddamn-diculous. Yeah. 
Oh, and also we're going to get so many hits, Tiny Army, because these are all very popular franchises. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get hits and then they're going to be like, what have you done to our franchise? (laughs) What is this? I thought this was a podcast about only Doctor Who. What are all these other things going on? (laughs) And Tiny Army will be like, shut up. (laughs) That's the voice of Tiny Army. And then you'll charge them with your swords. It's like the Eye of Sauron. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the voice of Tiny Army. Be quiet. We love Shut it. Up. We Shut like it. We like it. They're going to ride out like the ring wraiths. <laughs> like flying lizards. I'm flying lizards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what those are, guys. Don't correct us. Don't worry about it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Reveal. You didn't even. Oh, you did. I Doctor did. Who. I'm sorry. Doctor sorry, Who. Sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah. Sorry. So I'm going to do Doctor Who. And guys, oh, I'm. Oh, my God. I'm doing the Lady Doctor. Good. Doctor Who's a lady now. Excellent. That just started, yeah. right? Okay, cool, cool, cool. So you'll have plenty of like episodes in before yeah. you start. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm so excited for this one. I, I'm going to spend more time on this one. I really want to be true. Okay. To making this solid. Okay. Excellent. All right, goodbye, Liz. Bye, 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 Truly the OG fandom, Lord of the Rings is a classic hero's journey. It has everything. A pure of heart underdog hero, funny sidekicks, wizards, dwarves, elves, orcs, epic battles, and a king in disguise. Yes, truly all a nerd could ask for. Except women. There are no women. Okay, there are two women. Three, if you count the seriously beefed up version of Arwen, who still manages to be a glorified plot device. Still, Lord of the Rings deserves a lot of credit. The books were not only a success in their own right, but also became the inspiration for countless fantasy worlds that followed them, including everyone's favorite and mine, Dungeons and Dragons. And the movies also tricked the whole world into thinking that Orlando Bloom could act. So speak, friend, and enter and never forget. One does not simply walk into Lord of the Rings fan fiction. Hi, Liz. Hi, Kate. How was your writing assignment? So, well, here's the thing. (laughs) Okay. I've always been convinced that I work really well under pressure and Uh that I procrastinate for a reason. Sure. And I think I've figured out what that reason is because this one I didn't procrastinate. I've been writing this over the course of like a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. and I wrote a bunch at one go and then I like wrote a little more between like three days ago and yesterday and I like just finished up today and... Mm -hmm. But it's been like weeks in the making and it's 13 pages long. Oh, wow, Liz. So if I don't write under pressure, I write way too too much. much. That's not a short story. That's that's verging on a novella at this point. It truly is. (laughs) But I will say I picked two universes that are incredibly expansive. So if it hadn't been a long story, like would it have been Lord of the Rings and Doctor Who? Maybe not. Maybe not. It would have been a bad version of it probably. Yeah. Yeah. You're very thorough, I've noticed. Um, <laughs> you wrote a song for our very I first did. fan fiction. And it won't be the last song I write. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I also tried to challenge myself this week by I'm very, I, I notice about myself that I like to do like a lot of character exploration work. Yeah. And not so much 
plot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I tried to have a plot. I don't know. It's not my best work. <laughs> Plots are hard. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, things happen in this one. It's silly. It's that's all that matters. Yeah. It's just, it's just practice for us and fun. Guys, fans, tiny army out there. Mm. Don't expect Pulitzer Prize winning work from us. No. No. Nope. That way, when you get it, you'll be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> yeah. You'll be like, oh, I can't wait to listen to this garbage. And then you'll be like, oh, it's not quite oh, wow. garbage. It's like halfway to garbage. It's like recyclable things. So tell me about like your journey to discover this plot. Or did you read other fan fictions? Did you power through the TV show? So I did. I powered through. This was an elaborate ruse to give me an excuse to binge watch the latest season of Doctor Who. Amazing. That's all it was. Okay, great with it. Um, guys, Jodie Whittaker, mm-hmm. can we just... Anyone listening who is currently saying to themselves, and I'm going to go ahead and say it to himself, well, lady can't be in time, Lauren, that's a time lady, Doctor Who's not a woman. You go fuck yourself. Get off this podcast. Get off right now. Get off this RSS Yeah, goodbye. Goodbye. Tiny Army will come to your door and kick you out. Yeah, that's the war that Tiny Army will be fighting. They will burn your earbuds. The challenge I had was, of course, how do you fit a very silly world into a very serious world? So did you also binge watch the Lord of the Rings movies? Um, I did. Well, I watched the first one because I knew that I wanted to set my story at the Council of Elrond. Oh, right. I watched the whole first movie and then I like, which is on Netflix conveniently. Yes, it is. And then I like rewatched and rewatched the parts where they're at Rivendell. Mm-hmm. I, I I read the book. Bu- I read the books more than once, but it's been a while since I've read them. So yeah. there are things in my story that are not in the movies that I remember from the books. And there are things that are like specifically from the movies that like may or may not be exactly mm-hmm. in the book. So mm-hmm. like, guys, give me a fucking break. <laughs> but I, I love those movies. But it's weird because like the best part of Doctor Who is getting to know the Doctor and the companions and all of like like the stories of the the people that you meet and the aliens that you meet, whatever. Like the action's fun, yeah. but for me it's always it's very character driven as a show. Right. And Lord of the Rings, boy, there is very little depth to those characters. No, yeah, they're not super great. Yeah, they're just archetypes, which is yeah, fine. Which is I mean, fine. that's what the story is. It's a hero's journey. Right. But it's all plot. Mm-hmm. It's all action. Yeah. Particularly the first movie. Yes. Yeah. It's either it's all action or just like men talking. <laughs> yes. Yeah. About how important what they're doing is. <laughs> or women elves giving up their immortality for their boyfriends, which by the way. No, I wouldn't. I just want to shout out my boyfriend, Adam. Babe, I love you. But if I got offered immortality, I'd be like, bye. <laughs> uh, I actually... Not to reveal too much about my experience, but I did watch, binge watch these with my husband and he had a moment halfway through Two Towers where he looked over at me and he was like, yeah, I didn't realize how misogynistic these were until watching them with you. (laughs) And I was like, I'm glad I didn't have to say this. He was like, yeah, Liv Tyler does nothing. Absolutely nothing. (laughs) I think in Two Towers, she just like appears in a dream sequence. Am I right? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That was the moment where he was like, yeah, nothing. And you get Eowyn in the last one, but then the best part of her, a part about her turns out that she's like kind of man-like and you're like, Ugh. yeah, exactly. So it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. It is what it is. It's not terrible. No. It was very enjoyable. No, they're really, they're great. I love them. It's like a childhood favorite of mine. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're problematic as sure. are many. As is everything that we worlds. address. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, but it was fun to pop a, a woman doctor. Cool. Um, with like, a woman companion of color, a male companion of color, and an mm-hmm. old guy companion. So, like, mm-hmm. all of these, like, characters that don't fit in at all in Lord of the Rings. Oh, that's awesome. Into Rivendell. Cool. Yeah. 
Is there anything, um, is there anything else you want to share about it or? Um, so the, I mean, you'll learn this in the story, but the, the like monster of the week I picked is a, a Kimbra Chimera. Okay. Which comes from a, um, actually a comic book episode of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. This is like a deep pull. A deep cut. Yeah. And there's not actually like, I, I have not read that particular comic strip, but because it's a comic, like what I could find, there's not like a whole lot that you can um, like pull about the nature of this creature. So okay. I kind of made some of it up. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, So just like be prepared for it not to be 100% accurate. If you happen to know a lot about the Kimbra Chimera, I'm sorry. But. I just assume that no one knows that much. You know what? We've done one season that was very popular and the tiny army loves us so much. And nobody, we have yet to get an angry email from someone saying that we got something wrong. Oh, wait, no. Yes, we did. Did we get a Harry Potter thing? We got a tweet. That was a response to my tweet when I credited something as a deleted scene from the second Fantastic Beasts instead of the first. Oh, um, and okay. he told me that I was a stupid bitch and should like go fuck myself or something. I blacked him, guys. I don't remember what he said. Tiny army took him out. Yeah, remember? Oh, he's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we killed him. Uh oh. What if he actually did get murdered and we've now confessed it? We didn't do it. Tiny army did it. Tiny army did it. They weren't necessarily acting on our explicit orders. Try and identify them. Podcast (laughs) data is notoriously mysterious. They're everywhere and nowhere. Mm, Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They're just going to arrest my parents who we've identified by name multiple times on this podcast. And your boyfriend's mom. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Sorry, Wendy. (laughs) All right. All right. Liz, I am ready. I need to feel fully prepped. Excellent. I'm ready for this. I'm very excited. Me too. Me too. Oh, one last thing I would like to say. Yes, always. There's always Once a one again, last thing. <laughs> and as always, guys, I apologize for my accent work. If Don't you're from ever. Scotland or anywhere in England, you're going to be mad. <laughs> I don't care about them. Okay, good. That's a small island. Sorry, Europe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Mary Doc Brandybuck and Peregrine Took perched side by side on a low stone wall, short legs and hairy feet dangling carelessly above a sheer drop of hundreds of feet down to where the waterfalls crashed into the rocky riverbed below. Elrond had warned them about the dangers of falling, that not even the healing powers of the elves could help them survive the drop, but Elrond was off with Gandalf tending to Frodo's wounds, and the others were too preoccupied to notice much of what Pip and Mary got up to. For the better part of the day, the two had wandered around the expansive elven stronghold, nicking food when they could and trying to befriend the elves, who smiled at them in a silent, amused sort of way, before going quietly about their business. Finally, they had settled on the wall, Pippin munching on an apple as Mary sighed and leaned forward as much as he dared without losing his balance. I'm bored, Pip. Where is everyone? What's Strider up to? You know... I think I saw him go off with Arwen a while ago. What do you think is up with those two? All I know is I've never seen so many meaningful glances in such a short period of time. I'll say, I'd reckon about three glances per minute at this rate, if not more. Pippin grinned and took a bite of his apple, but Mary's face clouded. Pip? Oh? Pippin answered, his mouth still full of apple. Do you think Frodo is going to be okay? Pippin swallowed, looking suddenly serious. Okay, I don't want to glaze over the fact that you have so beautifully described I fucking in Middle Earth. Thank 
Fuck you. I just, Aragorn and Arwen, right? Yeah. I assume. I fuck the shit out of each other. I know. <laughs> and I truly think that um, of all of the different, um, uh, I don't want to call them races, even though that's what they're called, <laughs> the different kinds of people in Middle Earth, I think hobbits are like the most freaky. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. It'd be like hobbits, then dwarves. Dwarves get up to some shit. Yeah, I'll bet they do. Well, especially because like at one point, Gimli describes women dwarves looking essentially the same as yeah, they male have beards. Dwarves. Yeah. Which I love. Ugh. So I feel like they're just like, they're orgies. Nobody who knows yeah. who's fucking what. Yeah, like, amazing. It's just a uh, uh, bisexual paradise. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> what a beautiful, and it's all just like underground. So it's kind of like dim and damp. It's dirty, covered in coal dust. Moist. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get back to this serious okay. part about Frodo. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you think Frodo is going to be okay? Pippin swallowed, looking suddenly serious. I don't know. I'm glad he's awake now, but that was a bad wound. I've never seen anything like it. Me neither. They lapsed into an uncharacteristic silence, each remembering the horrors of Weathertop and the fight with the Nazgul King. Then Pippin grinned and tossed his half-eaten apple up in the air, catching it as it came down. But of course Frodo will be fine. He's a Baggins! If they've got nothing else, they've got longevity, those Bagginses. What's a Baggins? Startled, Mary whipped around towards the stranger's voice and fell backwards, crashing onto the stone floor of the balcony. Pippin, less lucky, choked on a bit of apple and, in an attempt to cough it out, lost his balance and began to topple forward over the rail. Mary cried out in horror and flung himself toward his friend, knowing there was no way he'd get to Pippin in time, sure that, as Elrond had warned them, Pip's body would be dashed to pieces on the rocks below. But in a blur of tan and rainbow, the stranger leapt over the rail, holding onto it with one hand as the other clutched the terrified Pippin by the suspenders. Sorry, sorry, so sorry. I've got you though, see? Didn't mean to scare you like that. Thank goodness for suspenders, eh? Dead useful and cool. This lot made fun of me when I got them, but you never know when they'll come in handy. Speaking of handy, could someone give us a hand here? Yes, Ryan, Graham. As she spoke, three other figures appeared as if out of nowhere and began to haul her and the still terrified Pippin back up over the railing. Pippin toppled to the ground next to Mary and both hobbits sat, panting and stunned, looking up at the woman, peering down at them with interest. She was flanked on one side by another younger woman and a young man roughly the same age, and on the other by a much older man. Hi there, said the first woman, grinning broadly. I'm the doctor. This lot here are Yaz, Ryan, and Graham. My friends and I are strangers here, and we were hoping that maybe you could help us out, like, for example, telling us where here is, and who you are, and if anything unusual is going on that we should know about. Oh, and sorry again about nearly scaring you to death, literally. The hobbits stared at her for a long moment, and then, out of nowhere and a bit hysterically, Pippin began to laugh. What are you laughing at, Pip? You sound like a crazy person. I know, I'm sorry. It's just that we... It wasn't even the scariest way we've been nearly killed in the past few days. At this, Mary grinned. No, he said. I suppose it's not. Isn't Rivendell supposed to be safe? At this, they both collapsed in laughter. The young men next to the doctor looked slightly annoyed. Well, maybe you kids shouldn't be sitting up on railings in the first place then if you're looking to be safe. At this, both hobbits glanced up sharply. Oi, mate, we're not kids, said Mary, getting to his feet and looking fierce. We're halflings. Yes, Ryan, don't be rude said the doctor, turning to her companion. They're halflings. What's a halfling? Pippin scrambled to his feet as well. You know, hobbits? Shirefolk? Wait a moment. The young girl stepped forward as she spoke for the first time. Are you having a go 
Hobbits, you said? Yes. And you said we're in Rivendell? Yes. Like, Rivendell, City of Elves. Oh my god. This was the old man, some sort of realization dawning on his face. And you lot have been traveling with two other hobbits and a ranger named Strider. How do you know all that? asked Pippin. Yes, Jazz, how do you know all that? asked the doctor. Well, Doc, I think I know where we are, but I don't think you're going to like it. <laughs> Why not? I love new places. New places are brilliant. Yeah, it's just that this place isn't real. I love this. I I love uh, I love this, and I kind of did this in my story, spoiler alert, the meta-ness of we're in a book. Yeah. Or we're in a movie, or we're in a thing that is culturally, like, not supposed to be real. Yeah. I love that. It kind of bypasses a lot of explanation. And you kind of have to do it when you're doing mm-hmm. this kind of crossover, because you do have characters who are from a world where, like, they probably would have read Lord of the Rings. Exactly. But it also bypasses, like, okay, wait, explain to me what your world is. What right. are elves? I don't understand. Right. It's like everybody on the Doctor's Who side is suddenly, like, clicked into what's like, going oh, yeah. on. And, of course, it sort of goes back the same way because there are humans. In- mm-hmm. So it's just like, oh, more humans from a different place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I have a bunch of like scene breaks in my story. Cool. So this is we're at one. So we're gonna we're gonna hop to the next scene. Amazing. Okay. So what you're saying is we got to be so famous that in your world there are books about us. Pippin and Mary perched on perched on one of three beds in a large sunlit room to which they had led the doctor upon her request for a place a bit more out of the way. Yaz, Ryan, and Graham sat on a second bed as the doctor paced the room, running her sonic up and down the walls and over the furniture. Ignoring her, Yaz had been fruitlessly trying to explain how she knew so much about the two wide-eyed hobbits in front of her. Well, yeah, sort of. I mean, how do I say it? In our world, you're... You're not real. Just storybook characters. So we're total legends. That's even better. Well, I guess it's... Just that we thought someone named J.R.R. Tolkien... Oi! Yaz! Ryan interrupted. It might not be the best use of our time telling two people... Er, hobbits, sorry. Sitting right in front of us that in our world they don't exist. Yeah, Mary piped up. Of course we don't exist in your world. We're a little busy existing in our own. Hey! This he yelled at the doctor, who was now climbing onto a third, pristinely made-up bed in order to sonic the ceiling. We're trying to keep that one nice in case Sam ever takes a break from watching over Frodo and needs a nap. Oh, is Frodo still recovering from the battle at Weathertop? Graham asked with interest. Yaz and Ryan both turned to stare at him. What? Those books were around long before you read them. Or, looking at Ryan, saw the movies in your case. Wow, grinned Pippin. We really are famous. They even know about Weathertop. Well, there won't be much more to know. As soon as Frodo wakes up, we're headed back to the Shire. And thank goodness I could use a good couple of meals. This elf food is good, but it doesn't really fill you up. Nothing fills you up. Well, actually, I'm not sure you'll be going back. Yes, the doctor broke in, leaping down from the bed. I don't know much about this story. Never got into it. Not really my style, though I did meet Peter Jackson one time. Weird guy makes a great sandwich. But I do know about spoilers. You might know the whole story, but Pippin and Mary don't, so be careful. Sorry, they were just my favorite books as a kid. Nerd. At least I can read, Ryan. Anyway, the doctor went on. 
What we have to figure out is how did we get here? Where is here? And most important of all, what happened to the Kimbra Chimera? They sat silently as voices drifted up from one of the balconies below. And Sauriman, you tell me, has betrayed us. Our list of allies grows thin. His treachery runs deeper than you know. With foul craft, Sauriman has crossed orcs with goblin men. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, there's so much. I just, little break moment. There's a I, lot happening. I want to back up on all the amazing lines that you had. <laughs> there's the we're too busy existing in our world line that was really fun. There's the those books came out before you saw the movies line. The Peter Jackson makes a great sandwich <laughs> line. I just, I just want to live in the glory that is these incredibly fun characters that you have. I just love. You haven't created them, but you're like giving them life to me. Oh, thank you. I love it. I love trying to capture the way that the doctor speaks because it, it changes with each doctor, but it's always mm-hmm. like very quick and very like, I know about a thing and I met this guy one time and I'm going to name drop this. And like Albert Einstein was really cool. And then back to the topic at hand and it's all like right. very sort of like scattered. Right. And so that's really fun to try to write. It is. This sounds fun. You've nailed like the whole like I don't really exist in the human world, but I know a lot about it. Yeah. I, I like oh, this is really fun. OK. OK. So w- give me context because I'm not. Um, Rivendell is where I'm, I cool. feel like I know what's going on but maybe I don't Rivendell is where the they have like the discussion about what's going to happen yeah so that's the Council of Elrond right so that's where they're heading when they're with Strider and it's they go there right after they have that battle where Frodo gets stabbed by the Nazgul king mm-hmm. um, and then in the movie he gets like rescued by Liv Tyler because they needed to give her something to do but in the books they just like make it to Rivendell and he gets healed by elves and so for a while they're just sort of like hanging out as like right, right. envoys are arriving from like mm-hmm. the Mirkwood elves and Gondor and right. so it culminates in this big discussion about what do we do with the ring mm-hmm. so what was fun for me was trying to do a little bit of a like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead thing where you yeah, have yeah. these like like I took Pippin and Mary because they're not really they're like they become more important characters but at this point they're just kind of like bopping yeah. along on the adventure yeah and so in order to give them something to do and also like incorporate these other characters in, you kind of see like bits of more main characters we like in that. and out of what they're doing yeah that is like a true Rosencrantz and Guildenstern so that's awesome yeah so it's it was fun to try to to try to write um and so I haven't explained the Kimbra Chimera yet but I will explain okay, what I'm that ready, is. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Cool. Let's yeah, let's go. Let's go back to this world with the okay. world. His treachery runs deeper than you know. With foul craft, Sauron has crossed orcs with goblin men. The voices drifted back into unintelligible murmurs. Sorry, was that Gandalf? And Elrond? Did I just overhear a conversation between Gandalf the Grey and the Lord of Rivendell. Sorry, but did he say cross orcs with goblin men? What does that even mean? Mary, I think we better get ourselves right back to the Shire. Sorry, but did no one hear me say we've unleashed a Kimbra Chimera into the middle of this? At the doctor's words, the room fell silent. Right, so we've really got to find it and get out, yes? Mary, Pippin, will you help us? Yeah, sure. Count us in. Always trust a took, as they say. And a brandy buck. The only thing is, yes, small question. What's a Kimbra Chimera? Oh, yes, right. Well, it's a shapeshifter. We uh, may have had one riding along on the TARDIS, taking advantage of the slight atmospheric extension. 
I was trying to shake it off, but somehow my stellar evasive maneuvering ended up with a bit of an unexpected landing. Here, that is. And by the time we got out of the ship and the chimera had disappeared. Well, probably not disappeared so much as shifted. That's the problem with a creature that can take on any form. Very tricky to find, you know. <laughs> that sounds very true. Uh, I, mm-hmm. as, as, a, as a device in a story where there's a bunch of funny looking people, this is great. This is, yeah. Is it dangerous? Well, yes and no. Mostly yes. Steals energy from its target, sucks the life force out of them. But we have one advantage. Sooner or later, it's going to try to shift into a form, the form of a person. And it's really bad at clothes. Tries to copy them, but thinks they're part of the body, so they look sort of painted on. It's not easy to spot at first, but eventually you figure out that someone's cloak is made of skin. Oh, gross, doctor. Gross, but useful information nonetheless. So, what do we do? Well, Yaz, you come with me. We're going to go check on the TARDIS, see if she can help us track the Chimera. Graham, Ryan, you go with Mary and Pippin, see if you see or hear anything unusual, anyone behaving strangely. And everyone, try to blend in. Ryan laughed. That's easier said than done, Doc. Haven't noticed too many black or brown elves, eh? Or anyone who looks over the age of 30, Graham chimed in. Gandalf is super old, said Pippin. And he sticks out like a sore thumb, Pip. Good point. Well, do your best, everyone. Meet back here with any news. Does she call the TARDIS a she? Yes. The TARDIS is kind of a machine, but also, like, living. Uh-huh. Um, And so, like, part of the, like, TARDIS lore is that the TARDIS is a she. TARDIS is a lady. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I like to think... Um, in the world where somebody writes Doctor Who the episode, not in the world where Doctor Who exists, although Doctor Who does exist, of course, because I hope dimension so. hopping. But in a world where um, someone's writing it, that they were watching Queer Eye for the Straight Guy and heard Jonathan kept calling inanimate objects she and was just like, you know what? We're taking that for the we're TARDIS. We're doing it. <laughs> uh, maybe. I hope so. I don't know if that's for real, but. Well, the TARDIS being is she actually predates the new <gasps> Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Does it? Yeah, Tardis has been a she for since the David Tennant years, as far as I know, maybe before that. Oh, okay. Um, but he wasn't calling it her in the way that like men call their cars her. It was like she no, was a she. You find out in the episode that like the Tardis is like it's a yeah, it's a weird like it's they refer to it as a kind of like ship, but it's also it's like a living ship. Oh, it okay. has like a heart and <gasps> oh, yeah, it's like the heart of the TARDIS that. is where the um like space time vortex runs through. Oh wow. Which is a big plot point in a lot of the Ugh, I gotta watch Doctor Who. It's so good. I gotta we're gonna do it for season three, so I gotta watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to Middle Earth. All right. Don't you remember where you parked it? Not it, her. And yes, of course I remember where. It's just that in all the confusion, I may have lost track of how to get there. This place is very big and twisty. Yaz and the doctor stood behind a large stone column in in a dark passageway. They had been wandering for what felt like hours, and still no sign of the TARDIS, nor any word from the others. Now, do we go that way? Or is that the way we came? This elvish architecture, it's very beautiful, but everything looks the same. Maybe if we... A metallic clanging filled the room. Yaz peered around the corner and came face to face with a large cloaked man sucking petulantly on his finger. He made as if to stride past them down the hall, but Yaz didn't move. Boromir! Boromir stopped and took his finger from his lips. A trickle of blood ran down it and dropped to the stone floor. 
I beg your pardon, elf girl. How dare you address me by my name? Out of my way. Oh, sorry, it's just that... Are you deaf? I said be gone. Hey, mate, said the doctor, stepping out from behind the pillar as well. Don't talk to my friend like that. If you've got somewhere to be, you better get on with it. Who are these women that they dare address the steward prince of Gondor in such a manner? Well, she's Yaz, and I'm the doctor, and you are bleeding. I know, muttered Boromir, who knew a broken blade would be so sharp. Well, as I always say, swords are stupid, dangerous things. Do you always say that, doctor? Well, I suppose not, but maybe I'll start. It's true, anyway. Who are you two? Like I said, she's Yaz, and I'm the doctor. By the way, since we have you here, you haven't seen a big blue rectangle of a police box lying around, have you? Boromir blinked at her. Well, I don't know what a police box is, but there's a structure matching that description, yes. The things these elves build, I ask you. Elves, yes, exactly. Where did you see it, if you don't mind? Just down that corridor there, in a small courtyard off to the right. Brilliant. Well, we must be off see around Boromir, was it? Take care of that finger. Wouldn't want it to get an infection. Come on, Yaz. The TARDIS needs us. Here we are, cried Pippin cheerfully as he led the others into a small room that smelled faintly of hay and horses. You ought to be able to find some cloaks and things that fit you here. You're all about elf size, and I'm sure they won't mind if we borrow some gear. Fantastic, boys, said Graham, pulling a finely woven earth-colored cloak off the shelf. This will do nicely. Grab a couple for Yaz and the doctor, will you, Ryan? How did you know this would be here, Pip? Asked Mary. Pippin shrugged. I saw the stables as we were wandering around. I figured they must keep spare riding gear somewhere near. Haven't you noticed that men and elves won't get on a horse without all sorts of special equipment? True. They're vain, aren't they? Not like us hobbits. Sensible, humble, salt-of-the-earth types us. Too, too, true. If you two are done, we'd better get on looking for this chimera before someone gets hurt. Shh. Do you hear that? Ryan stood by the half-open door, trying to listen to the grumbling conversation that grew louder and clearer with each passing moment. I don't like it, that's all I'm saying. I don't like being summoned by elves. Why can't they come to us? It's too high up here. Too many trees. I don't trust it. I don't trust them. That blonde one keeps giving me funny looks. I don't trust him. Nor I, Gimli, but I trust Gandalf. And Gandalf says it's important. Fine, let them have their say. Let's get this council meeting over with. The deep rumbling of voices continued past the door and down the hall. Pippin and Mary peered around the door to where two short, wide figures were making their way down a stone path. Are those dwarves, Mary? I think they are. I've never seen a dwarf, Pip. Nor I. Should we follow them? They said they're going to a meeting. I wonder if it's about Frodo. Wait a minute, interrupted Graham. Shouldn't we be looking for the Chimera? Yeah, but that's Gimli, son of Gloin. Ryan could barely contain his excitement. Besides, we haven't got a better plan. How do we know the Chimera won't show up and interrupt the Council of Elrond? All right, fine. And you called Yaz a nerd. Scene break. Okay, dwarves, <laughs> as we're living in this world, and then also when I was doing my C research, I've just decided that dwarves are my fucking favorite. I love a dwarf. I love them. They're great. Oh my God. Uh, there's something about the like, like, I'm very short, 
but so intimidating yeah. that really reaches to my core. Real short, I'm real a little strong. tiny lady. Yeah. And I just want to be feisty and intimidating. I also want a beard very badly. You look great with a beard. Thank you very much. Yeah, I just, I love dwarves. They just want to hit things with their axes uh-huh. and find gold. But justfully, dwarves tend yeah. to fare lawful good. You know, yes, they like for to sure. um, uh, really just do things in the name of justice. But sometimes justice needs a hammer. Sometimes they want to do things in the name of getting that money. Yeah. They want to make that money. Yeah, or know? getting that sex. Mm-hmm. Having dirty orgies. Uh, Sorry, uh, uh, uh. Liz's parents. <laughs> Listen, if Sue and Tim aren't down with a couple of dirty dwarf orgies, <laughs> they should stop listening to this podcast. No, don't we love no, you? No, don't we? We need you. <laughs> Generalissimos. Who <laughs> will lead the army without you? Oh, speaking of leading an army, let's get to the Council of Elrond. I'm so excited. Go. This is amazing. Sorry. Um, it was so fun to write. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh dear. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. The doctor scanned the TARDIS with her sonic and looked nervously at the readout. Oh, this is not good. Not good at all. Doctor, what's going on? What's not good? Well, I'm sure I can figure it out, so don't panic, but... Well, she's a bit low on fuel. On fuel? But how? I mean, does the TARDIS even run on fuel? Not exactly. That is to say she doesn't take gasoline or diesel or a byproduct of corn or anything, No. Well, then what is it? Artron energy. What? Artron energy. It's a sort of benign radiation that exists in the time vortex. Oh dear, it's hard to explain. It does a lot of things, one of which is to power the TARDIS. Whatever we had to go through to get where we are, it seems to have drained the TARDIS and, well, she won't start unless we can refuel her. Okay, well, how do we do that? Great question, Yaz. Here's another one. Do you remember if the book happens to mention a conveniently placed rift in time and space from which we could absorb some energy, thereby powering the TARDIS and allowing us to return to Sheffield in time to have tea with your mum? Oh. Dear. Yeah. What do we do? I suppose, as long as she's not going anywhere, we ought to meet up with the others and find that chimera before it gets into any real trouble. Great, where to then? They fell silent, each realizing that in their eagerness to find the TARDIS, they had completely lost track of where they'd come from. Finally, the doctor spun around and pointed down a corridor. Come on, this way's as good as any, no point in mucking about. Shh, doctor. Voices. Two voices were indeed getting louder as their owners drew closer to where the doctor and Yaz stood. Yaz recognized the first as Elrond, but the other, a light, quick tenor, was unfamiliar to her. We are honored by your presence, Legolas Greenleaf. Your father, Thranduil, has long been a friend of Rivendell. I am equally honored to be here, though I wish I brought gladder tidings. My father wishes to convey to you that Gollum has escaped Mirkwood in the company of orcs, and is surely on the hunt for Frodo in the ring. Ah, that is bad news indeed, though not wholly unexpected. Gollum has always been slippery in his single-minded quest for the ring, and that makes him dangerous indeed. All the more important that the council reaches a decision about the ring quickly. And what do you hope that decision will be? You know as well as I, Legolas, that the ring must be destroyed. The two voices faded down a corridor. Yaz turned to the doctor, wide-eyed. The Council of Elrond. They're on the way to the Council of Elrond. Doctor, can we go? Please? Yaz, don't be silly. We haven't got time to eavesdrop on meetings. But doctor, everyone will be there. Gandalf and Aragorn and Boromir and Gimli and Legolas and... Hang on. Is this a big meeting? 
Yes, people will have traveled from all over Middle Earth to come. And will there be disagreements, big personalities, tempers running high, that sort of thing? Well, if the books are accurate, yes. Why? My god, Gaz, don't just stand there. We've got to get to the Council of Elrond. But you just said lots of people, lots of yelling, lots of fist-banging and speech-making. Yes, how does the Kimbra Chimera feed? Um, energy, Yaz. It feeds on energy, and where's the highest energy spot in Rivendell about to be? The Council of Elrond? Yes, exactly, brilliant. So, we go there, and then what? Don't you worry, I've got a plan. A great plan. An infallible plan. At least I will have. I will have a plan. By the time we get there, I'll definitely have a plan. But Doctor, we can't just barge in and... But the Doctor had already taken off down the corridor in pursuit of the two elves, and there was nothing for Yaz to do but follow. I can't see. Pip, budge over. You budge over, you fat lump. I'm the one who can't see. What's Frodo doing? Both of you shut up or they'll all hear us. Merry, Pippin, Graham, and Ryan huddled behind a tall pillar, gazing out into yet another resplendent courtyard. By the way, I just want to pause and say, like, I kept trying to figure out ways to describe Elrond, but from what I can tell, it's all just hallways and courtyards. I was going to ask, is, I was like, I was like, is, is, because I haven't read the books, is uh, Elrond a place where people generally, or not Elrond, Rivendell. Or is Rivendell a place where people just generally get lost? I don't know. I just thought, so I don't really remember the, remember the descriptions from the books. Oh, okay. I could have looked it up, but I was lazy, guys. I have a lot of stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Um. So I when I was watching the movie and like every room is open air, everything's a courtyard. All of the hallways are like open air courtyard hallways that lead into other courtyards. Oh, and then the like Council the of Elrond. in the Maldives. Yeah. <laughs> and I I just got a lot of fun out of like everyone in the story getting lost because everything that. in Rivendell looks the same. I was convinced by, re- by listening to you <laughs> read this that this was how Rivendell actually is. I'm sure that Rivendell is a very complicated place with lots of interesting features. But guys, all you ever see are like atriums and hallways it and looks courtyards. like an escher painting yeah yeah uh-huh. it really does yeah it truly <laughs> does yep so that's where that came from Good. <laughs> okay mary pippin graham and ryan huddled behind a tall pillar gazing on, out onto yet another resplendent courtyard elves dwarves and men sat looking on as a rather nervous hobbit walked to the center of a circle and placed something small on a stump a hush fell over the circle as its members stared intensely at frodo was that ring ryan breathed i think i think it must have been boy i wish your gran could have seen this now who's being too loud yeah hush up you two while they bickered the conversation in the circle had begun again its tone changing quickly from measured discussion to heated debate everyone shh i want to hear the council the four fell silent as a tall strongly built man stepped out to the center of the circle why not use this ring Long has my father, the steward of Gondor, kept the forces of Mordor at bay. By the blood of our people are your lands kept safe. Give Gondor the weapon of the enemy. Let us use it against him. You cannot wield it. None of us can. The ring answers to Sauron alone. It has no other master. And what would a ranger know of this matter? It was the first man again, his voice, his face, his mannerisms. The only problem was he wasn't the only one of himself. Beside him stood an identical copy, and as the members of the council looked from one to the other, no one could swear who had been there first. Who the hell are you? said one man to his twin. I should ask the same of you. How dare you mock the steward prince of Gondor in such a manner? Mock myself? Impossible. Imposter, what black magic summons you here? Wizard, this is your doing. Erm, well... 
No, not a wizard. A voice cut in from just outside the circle. Hi, everyone. Sorry to interrupt like this. Boromir, right? Good to see you again. You You again, again, boomed both Boromirs, forgetting about each other to turn their wrath on the doctor. Yes, me. Really, I didn't mean to barge in like this, but as I'm sure you see, you've got a bit of a problem and I might be, it might be a tiny bit my fault. And who, may we ask, are you? The deep voice was both soft and utterly clear. Everyone, including the doctor, turned to look at the grey-robed man who now stood, his hand on the shoulder of the tiny hobbit next to him. He was the tallest of the council members and looked by far the oldest and a slight twinkle in his clear eyes suggested that, in spite of the chaos, he found all of this rather amusing. Ah, yes, of course. Very rude of me. I'm the doctor, and this, she said gesturing behind her, is Yaz, and I suspect that somewhere around here are two gentlemen named Graham and Ryan. Yes, there they are, peeking out from behind that pillar there, she waved at Graham and Ryan, who came sheepishly out from their hiding places. And I'm guessing from the robes and the hat you must be Gandalf. Big fan, you know, love wizards, they're a lot like time lords, you know? And how do you come to be at this council meeting, claiming responsibility for the mysteriously doubled Boromir? Funny story. My ship, I have a ship, she travels through time and space, and she landed here. Not our intention, of course, we were headed for the Roaring Twenties, not a universe that is supposed to be fictional, but anyhow, we had a bit of a stowaway. And the stowaway was a second Boromir? Not exactly, no. See, one of those is Boromir, yes, but the other is a chimera. Nasty creatures, parasites, take on someone or something shape and then sustain themselves by draining their victim's energy. The trouble is, it's a bit hard to tell which is which. You'd find out eventually, of course, but by that time the life force would have been drained out of the victim. No one likes a lifeless Boromir. So true. And what do you suggest we do? Well, first things first, we've got to figure out which is which, then trap it, stop it from shifting, get it back to the TARDIS. That's my ship. She's parked in one of these corridors. As she spoke, the two Boromirs eyed each other suspiciously. Finally, one of them huffed and rolled his eyes, turning back to the council. Gentlemen, there's no time for this. Gondor is fighting with everything it has. A decision must be reached about the ring. Quiet, you fake. You're no heir to Gondor. I have spent my life in defense of Gondor. Nothing matters but the fate of the ring. We should take it to Gondor and fight. I will show you the meaning of fighting. The two squared off again, drawing swords. (laughs) You took Boromir and made him worse by doubling him. And then he's yelling at himself, which I just find delightful. Over nothing. I feel like if a dude like Boromir got got doubled, he would spend most of the time yelling at himself. Yeah, because, ugh, gross. (laughs) Yeah, toxic masculinity. It's everywhere. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The two squared off again, drawing swords. Oh dear, this is bad. Gandalf, quick, what do you know about Boromir? Anything that could distinguish him? Doctor? Yaz broke in. Not now, Yaz, we've got to figure out which is the false Boromir. Well, I admit, I know Boromir by reputation, really. Doctor? Yaz, this is really not the time for interruptions. I'm trying to think. Maybe I can get close enough with the sonic. Doctor, his left hand. The doctor paused, looking up. She turned to the Boromirs, then to Yaz, then back to the Boromirs again. Yaz... You beautiful genius, you brilliant thing, you. What have you discovered? Asked Legolas, joining their group, fitting an arrow to his bow. Which should I shoot? Out of the way, elf. My axe will take care of this. Just tell me where to swing. Nobody is shooting and nobody is swinging. We don't kill, we capture. 
Now, the real Boromir cut his left hand last night, but only one of the doubles has a bandage. Spread out and move in on the one with no wound. By the way, I just want to pause and say one of my favorite things about Doctor Who is that the Doctor is very committed to, like, we don't kill stuff. Like, we don't fight with weapons. And I just love that. I like that, too. And is that that core to, like, uh, the franchise throughout? You know, I'm not 100% sure because I haven't really watched too many of the really old ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've watched, like, some of the very first Doctor ones, and, and they're very silly. Yes. Um... But I think generally I would guess yes. But I know particularly in the like reboot, it's supposed to have taken place after this huge war between the Time Lords uh, and the Daleks uh, in which the Doctor was forced to like kill a lot of his own people in order to stop the Daleks or like so he thought at the time. So he's become very like... Oh, anti-kill. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But the Doctor had spoken a little too loud and the imposter Boromir turned with a snarl. The group rushed in to try to contain the Chimera, who, in an attempt to escape, tripped over Gimli and went flying, taking out Graham, Ryan, and Legolas. There was a tangle of writhing limbs and muffled yells, and then bang! Two Legoluses jumped to their feet and stood facing the Doctor and Gandalf. The rest of the council stood nervously in a circle, not sure if they should approach and help, or stay away and avoid causing more confusion. Aragorn had moved protectedly in front of Frodo, who looked on, wide-eyed, as if he were close to dropping into a dead faint. Yaz stood beside the doctor while Graham, Ryan, and Gimli, having gotten quietly to their feet, slid behind the pair of Legoluses and slowly began to close in. Doctor, if I may ask, how do you intend to contain this creature when we catch it? Ah, well, I thought maybe you'd have some ideas. Maybe a good whack with your stick there? Happily, although I'd hate to whack the wrong one. With a roar, Gimli leapt forward onto one of the doubles, both of them tumbling to the ground with a painful thud. The second Legolas, meanwhile, tried to leap away, but Gandalf caught him with his staff, and he stumbled and fell as well. Get off me, you stupid dwarf! You've got the wrong one! That's exactly what an imposter would say, you maniac false elf! As if real elves weren't bad enough! Grappling and cursing, the elf and the dwarf each tried to gain the upper hand. Meanwhile, with another bang, two Gandalf stood before them, tall hats slightly askew. Okay, Doc, said Graham, this is getting ridiculous. It's just going to keep shifting until we find a way to contain it. I know, replied the doctor, but unless you've got a great idea, the best we can do is keep it busy and unable to get away. Spread out and surround it. And you people, this to the circle of hovering council members, if you're not going to help, at least don't let it get away. Seemingly from nowhere, two stones sailed over the heads of the crowd, each one hitting a Gandalf right in the pointy hat. The Gandalf on the left looked slightly slightly bemused as his hat sailed off, exposing his long gray hair. But the Gandalf on the right let out a cry of pain as the stone bounced off what was clearly solid flesh. With twin battle cries, two small figures hurtled into the circle, carrying between them a large chainmail shirt. They leapt at the flesh-hatted Gandalf and knocked him down, pinning him under the chainmail. The silvery links glittered in the sun, and the Gandalf-shaped chimera struggled beneath them, unable to change shape or escape. Merry! Pippin! Good lads, you've trapped him! cried the doctor, delighted. What's that you've used? It seems to be blocking the energy transfer the chimera needs to shift. No, replied Pippin, still struggling to hold the chimera down. When all the hubbub started, we headed back to the supply room and grabbed whatever looked useful. This seems strong, so we thought it might make a good net. And, said Mary, breathing heavily, there's some ropes over there, if someone wouldn't mind tying him up. Not that we're not terribly strong, but we could use a wee bit of help. But how did you know which one to go after? Asked Ryan, hurrying to grab the rope. We remembered what the doctor said about how it couldn't make clothes, so we figured whichever one had a hat attached to his head was the fake. Wizards are so tall, they make easy targets. If he'd been a hobbit, you'd never have caught him. But what is this stuff? 
asked the doctor, running her sonic over the chainmail. I've never seen anything like it. Nor has the sonic. It's clearly metal, but how is it blocking the energy transfer? Mithril, answered Gandalf. Mined by dwarves, fashioned by elves. It possesses many wonderful magical properties, but I'll admit this wasn't one I was familiar with myself. Quick thinking and lucky guesswork on the part of Mistress Brandybuck and Took. Hobbits, you are absolutely brilliant, cried the doctor, grinning. Indeed they are, agreed the real Gandalf, picking up his hat. Indeed they are. <laughs> so this is so... Ugh, you really nailed both of these franchises. Oh, this is really you. fun. Uh, I just really wanted Merry and Pippin to be the heroes. In the uh, of course, because they kind of are to a certain extent. Yeah. There's a lot of times where the hobbits end up being the one with the most sense. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like they're not distracted by toxic masculinity. That's true. Isn't that the story of it all? They're just hobbiting about. Trying to get a meal. Just being hobbits. <laughs> food is the thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tiny army. We told you before how great food was. Mm, you didn't believe us. Now, now you, know. you do. <laughs> the afternoon was fading into evening as the doctor and her companions stood by the TARDIS with Mary, Pippin, and Gandalf. The council had been postponed until the next day, and most of the residents and guests of Rivendell, still wary of the doctor and her crew, had retired to other parts of the town until the strangers had left. Gandalf walked in a slow circle around the TARDIS, admiring the ship. There's great magic in her, but you say she won't work. She's out of fuel. She runs on Artron energy, but she was somehow drained coming here. Where is here, by the way? It's a bit of a fairy tale in our world, and yet here you all are, existing. Gandalf shook his head. I don't pretend to understand what lies beyond our known realms. Wizards have great wisdom and long lives, but even we who travel the most will never see all there is to see. You do strike me as a fellow traveler, Doctor. I guess that's one way to describe me, yes. Perhaps we have much in common. May I see the inside of your ship? The doctor grinned. I don't see why not. Mary? Pippin? Fancy look? The doctor unlocked the TARDIS doors and gestured the wizard and the two hobbits inside. They walked in slowly, Mary and Pippin stopping in the doorway to gaze around in awe. But, but it's, it's bigger. Yeah, it's bigger on the inside. The doctor and her companions laugh, but Gandalf strode to the steering console, a serious look on his face. You say she runs on time energy. And space energy. Yeah, I guess you could call it that. Gandalf touched his staff to the console. The staff began to hum with energy as lights in the console began to flicker on, weakly at first, then brighter. Gandalf began to chant quietly. Slowly, the TARDIS came to life. Gandalf, cried the doctor. You did it. You did it? How did you do it? Gandalf smiled, his eyes dancing. As I said, Doctor, I think we have much in common. What you call Artron energy, many in this world call magic. I think perhaps it is the same thing. We have both lived long lives and seen many things. I hope someday you will find your way back to this realm. I would be glad to hear your stories. He looked affectionately at Merry and Pippin, who were laughing with Yaz, Ryan, and Graham. But alas, I think it is time that we part. We must prepare to resume our council, and you must head for the stars. It has been an honor, Doctor. An honor indeed. I'm not sure how we crossed into this world, but I do hope we meet again. As do I. Three figures, one large and two small, stood silhouetted against the night sky in a small courtyard off a twisting corridor in Rivendell, 
facing a blue police box that stood out jarringly from its surroundings and yet looked oddly like it almost belonged. With a strange wheezing sound, it blinked once, twice, and then disappeared entirely. But the three figures stood there for a long time afterwards, looking past where it had stood and out to the stars. I love it. Also, Gandalf is 100% a time lord. He's such a time lord. He's such a time lord. He just doesn't know it yet. Yeah. So. They just call it different things, yeah. you know? I love this. This was so, oh, it was thanks. cyclical. It was satisfying. It had all of the elements of plot, no plot. This is all plot. Plot, 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 plot. and beautiful characters. Oh, This was amazing. So I was trying to set it up, and this may not have come across, but this, like, occasionally comes up in Doctor Who that the TARDIS, like, isn't supposed to be able to, like, travel between parallel universes. And yeah. there was one episode where it, like, did, and it mm-hmm. got stuck. So I was like, oh, that's, like, a fun plot device, and, like, maybe it will set up that, like, this is a parallel universe, and then somewhere in a parallel universe, guys, Lord of the Rings is real. Yeah, and I love that. I love the joy of that. And I love the joy that, like, the companions experience that they're in this world and they get to touch it. Yeah. Um, I think that's such a good, like, fan fiction trope that I really love. I mean, that's why we all write fan fiction, it right? It is. It truly is. You want to be able to touch the world. Or yeah. in our case, steal, steal it. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you for sharing your beautiful, beautiful fiction work oh with me. Oh, my God. Me. Thank you for listening. For It was a 14 pages I lied. <laughs> so long it felt shorter oh good yeah it was so fun to write there was a lot of fun dialogue i love dialogue yeah dialogue's my fave so uh next week tune in for our episode with me where i do my lord of the ring crossover so fan fiction. it's gonna be really fun i have lots of things to reveal about dwarves and uh me and get excited and sex between you and dwarves Maybe, maybe. We'll see. Who knows? I can't write a smut every time. That's true. But you can try. <laughs> but I will try to sneak <laughs> it in. Just in case you want to know where to send your beautiful fan art mm-hmm. that you're going to mm-hmm. make of the Council of Elrond with uh, the Doctor Who cast there and a skin hat on Gandalf. Skin hat. Um, you can find us at World Stealers. Yeah. Everywhere. Twitter. Instagram. Instagram. You can email us at worldstealerspod at gmail.com or you can direct message us, whatever you yeah. feel comfortable doing. Um, Do your thing. Yeah. And you can visit our website at morebanana.com slash worldstealers. We'd love to have you. And please, guys, if you can, especially if you're on iTunes, could you subscribe and then give us a little rating? If you give us a rating and you give us some parameters in the comment, we will write a fan fiction for you. Yes, we'll we write will. a mini fan fiction. We'll write a little mini fan fiction of your choosing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to start featuring the special members of the Tiny Army, yeah. not just Generalissimo Tim and Generalissimo Sue. We love them, but they're being attention whores. Exactly. So if you're a Tiny Army member who wants to be featured on our Instagram or shout in our episode, give in us a shout out. Yeah, exactly. We love you. All right. Well, remember, you got to hang on to your kids. Or wait, remember, you got to hide your your kids, kids, hide hide your your world. Because we're coming. Until they meet a new bro with a split perspective He wants the help, but he wants the precious March through the forest and a flash of light Is it Saruman? No, it's freaking Gandalf the White In Rohan, warm tails up to something Kick his ass, free King Benjamin Button Gotta leave the city so they don't get slaughtered Play at Aragorn, puts a Theoden's daughter Holy shit
shit, orcs on orcs attack. 